Well, October was a big fail, wasn't it? I mean, to be fair, (laughs) it's not our fault. Like, you were sick for most of it. Yeah, well, yeah. Autumn sickness sucks as well. Bunch of a bunch of things happened in October, though, right? So, first of all, uh, apologies to everybody. We're back on this Sunday morning, November fifth. We're just gonna space heater chat it because honestly, we just got to resettle back into doing these recordings again. Mo and Kevin are having a coffee with me this morning around the virtual table got, you got know, my got my double double right here mike yeah i just have a glass of water because i'll get my coffee i'll get my yeah, real I'm drinking water too first of all let, let me start by quickly saying coming back to the whole inspiration for this this podcast anime roundtable I mentioned it was always based on sports talk debate shows, and I always point to two of them, Primetime Sports and ESPN The Sports Reporters. ESPN The Sports Reporters was a Sunday morning roundtable show. It was taped early morning and then aired just like like 9 or 10 a.m., something like that. So maybe it's uh, kind of a cool or somewhat appropriate that we're doing a taping Sunday morning. Okay, here's okay, let's go through the excuses for October or at least my excuse for October. Yes, I was sick. Also, well, life does get in the way. My uh my own work schedule has changed yet again and that just makes it a little bit more well, we, we let's just say the chance of the we can't use the same routines we had been using other times through the pandemic series to tape. So we're trying to figure out a new new time frame or just find the right type of time to get all of us on page to be able to tape an episode. Easier said than done. Right now, yes. Right now, yes. Uh, I think we're coming to the conclusion a late night on the cusp of the weekend might be our best choice. But then again, that's in the middle of my work week. A real after midnight vibe. Yeah, no, it would have uh, have a real like midnight-ish vibe. Well, but we'll worry about that a bit later on. Let's, uh, I, I guess, chat for a little bit. The sad part about it is when we do a space heater chat, it has a habit of, well, not really being on topic when it comes to anime, but we end up talking about things that certainly could end up overlapping with our fandom. Although I I get the feeling, having said all of that, the first thing I know we'll end up talking about this morning kind of comes back to into the fandom so i guess the progression of our conversation this morning starts within the fandom like and then goes slightly away from it and it starts with the most recent thing and then will end probably with the most furthest back thing to have been on the um in the current events so when I was talking individually to both Mo and Kevin over the last couple of days and planning this, 
just to brainstorm just things we'd all talk about this morning. Kevin brought up one thing and I forgot all about it, which tells you um, where I am. It, it's based on Halloween. By the way, uh, how was uh, trick-or-treating for you guys this, this year? Or did you do any trick, give away any candy? No one ever comes to my house for Halloween, trick-or-treating. Same. Same? It's because I live right beside a bigger street where there's a yes. lot of cars. So there was always the thought that fewer kids would come to our house because of that. Because, you know, you don't want to take your kids too close to a big street. And then also, even though we would leave our lights on, people would almost never come to get candy. So then we just stopped. And kept the lights off. Yeah, we but mostly just keep the lights off now because even during times when people were coming, we'd maybe only get three or four kids. Okay. So And we don't decorate our house too. So that doesn't help. And I do feel like fewer kids in my neighborhood trick-or-treat nowadays. Just a general perception. I don't know how true that is. So usually what happens is that we have too much candy. And, you know, as much as I like candy, I don't want to eat too much of it nowadays. So I... I and the rest of my family just don't do it anymore. Like my my sister will take her kids out now, but yeah, we don't give out candy. Hmm. Well, um, yeah, just just didn't happen. You know, kind of surprising too. But you know, whatever. I I wonder if it's because kids are like there aren't as many kids anymore. Do you give out candy in the past, Mo? I uh, know I've, I've only been here three years and in the three years I've been here the first year there was nothing because it was pandemic and then the second year there were some kids but not that much uh, and then this year it's like zero actually kind of surprising like you and had also, candy ready to give out and they just didn't come oh okay well, I mean to, to be fair I am an early sleeper so I might have missed any any kids that might have came by but okay yeah yeah because we we stopped giving out candy like several years ago Hmm. Well, I mean, further to to Kevin's point, I think um, when I talk about when I do it, and I don't do it here where uh, here at Six Points, I do it at my parents' place, also in Mississauga. And uh, first of all, I'm the one that handles all the candy. Uh, at least I end up buying it. Although, although my parents often uh, insist on pitching in anyway. But regardless. I always end up overbuying because in recent years, there have hardly been any kids. I, I remember I didn't see it two years ago because I was otherwise busy at a part-time job. Remember that one, Kevin? Yes. That was hilarious. And last year, there weren't many kids. And so I thought to myself, dial it back a little bit. But even then, I still ended up buying what turned out to be too much. Oh. And when it came down to it and I counted the remaining uh, potato chip bags because because that's what we ended up giving. I didn't give them all away and I was able to count minus 37. So that's how many kids came to the door this year. 
plenty of leftovers too. My 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 uh, rule of thumb with candy is always buy the type of stuff that you don't mind having as leftovers. Yeah. And and my uh, relatives uh, certainly appreciated it. I remember going uh, visiting them last night and my mom explicitly told me as I was giving out the candy and the chips, uh, don't give away all of the Cheetos. Huh. Leave the Cheetos behind. So that was the majority of what was left in terms of the chip bags. And then when I visited them last night for dinner, almost all of the Cheetos were gone. Are these the regular Cheetos or the crunchy ones? I think these are regular. Pretty sure these were regular. Regular ones were always kind of okay to me. I know the crunchy ones have become popular in recent years. Yeah, crunchy ones don't leave the house. Mm-hmm. But further to your point, Kevin, also, I, I remember hearing trick-or-treating on Tuesday night. I was wondering how many kids would show up, so I actually stepped out of the house. And then I looked around the immediate area, and I realized that... My parents' house was the only one on that side of the street with its lights on. And you wouldn't be able to see any other house with its lights on for like good three, four houses either way. So basically, my parents' house was was on, on an island. Across the street, it was a little bit more, a little bit more dotted. So at least you saw a few more houses with their lights on, which meant that they were available but not not in this case so i think that also played a lot into why we didn't see as many kids but uh i i guess 37 is more than three right kevin that's true so yeah that's uh that's that's uh the summary of the uh, halloween stuff uh, so I, I do have a good chunk of the leftovers too, and I'll probably either have them as snacks at work or share them. Come on over for another recording soon, okay, guys? Well, it's all to you. Yeah, uh, that's true too. But on the topic of Halloween, one of the uh, one of the key off-season or off-convention events for Anime North is... Oh, shit. Hey, before we get to that, I totally forgot. You guys know what date is today? Uh, November 5th. What's the significance of November 5th? You got that extra hour, guys. Come on. Oh, yeah, that's right. We all, that's right. We had the fallback. Uh, yeah, so I got one extra hour of not sleeping for me. <laughs> well, I got an extra hour to relax. So, yeah, we're all somewhat sprite, somewhat energetic for the morning. I mean, I'm just, I'm just looking forward to those 5 p.m. sunsets, man. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> Fuck. No, I hate, I hate that. Honestly. What time is uh, what time is sunset today? Probably like five something. Okay, let's ask. Let me just quickly ask. Let me just it's quickly because ask. I don't have as much time to take photos anymore. No, oh. wait. You want me to find out? I can find no, out. No, right? it's it's five oh four, and the sunrise okay. is at seven. Which I I like a seven p.m. or seven a.m. sunrise. It's uh yeah, that's fine. Yeah. But uh, five <laughs> sunset. Uh. I, I, I would have thought it was. Do away with daylight savings nowadays. Well, uh, that, that's that's on the that's on the table. For I mean, to, to be fair, for, on the table for, for three years. No, it's it's hey, we're, it's still a conversation. The fact it's still a conversation, ooh, like it's it, it's very. It doesn't much on the make table. sense nowadays because 
it just causes more traffic accidents because people don't always adjust. So what's the point now? I, I know why they did it back in the day, but I don't see the point nowadays. I I hear you, Kevin, but to undo it would require government to like function. To like government's already dysfunctional as it is. Yeah. And, and so and so we will have daylight savings for the rest of our lives. Especially the Ontario government. Well, it's hey, hey, hey don't count out the US people, man. They they got some messed up. I, I think it's whatever. Really... They they don't matter to us at this moment anyway. I, I, I tend to put put it more on the US because the the way Ontario has uh Ontario's response to the idea is it'll do it in lockstep with whenever whenever it happens in the states in Quebec. And, and New York and New it York. Just, forget New York specifically well. New York, yes. Because New York they, is they'll, own, they'll do it. New York is they'll own country, do it. yes. Yeah. They'll do it when that happens. Feel that way sometimes. Well, they want to be in coordination, I to be fair. But yeah, because we're always because we can't be first. We always gotta follow America. Fucking hell. It's our reality. It's, it's the polite thing to do, guys. Come on. It's oh. but it's also just the reality but I, I i sort of get your point kevin because yeah it was there was another uh, the, when it was first implemented the times were different and now we live in a 24 7 world so lots of things have changed and maybe this the idea of of clock changes have kind of passed its practicality But uh, I'll take the I'll take the extra hour, especially since I didn't have to work it. Feel for my colleagues in that sense. Okay, back to Halloween. So one of the bigger things on the Anime North calendar, aside from the convention itself, was the the Halloween. What do they call it? Spooktacular. But they have a they have a, something that happens at the Japanese Canadian Cultural Center every year, and they did it again this year. Yes, they did. And you were there, Kevin. Yes, I was. Did you do? They, I heard they were doing a mini Nomonoichi. Did they do that? Did you do yes, it? Yes, they did. And, and did yes, I did. Okay. All right. Sum it up in a let's say five minutes. I did better than last year. Hey, uh, I did. That, I did better than last year things, because I think there were more people that came this year. Uh, COVID nineteen is more of an afterthought to most people nowadays, hmm. and for better or for worse. And I feel like for me, I brought more. I brought more accessible product. I brought more popular stuff because in the past two or three months uh i would pick up some books on on the cheap so this was stuff like jujutsu kaisen and way of the house husband and haikyuu and i did have volume ones of oshinoko and hell's paradise and Black Clover, so a comic a kill. Like I brought stuff that was well known to that crowd, and a couple of other things too. I I I only brought 
a few rare items, which did not go. Uh, some of my cheaper out-of-print items sold, so I sold a couple volumes of Zombie Powder, which was uh, Tite Kubo's work before Bleach. Mm. Sold some little trinkets. Uh, I found my old Pokemon guidebooks for the games. One of them sold. So it was good in that sense. Uh I think I did learn a couple of lessons as well. Like? I think I should just expect less haggling nowadays. So There's I would no haggling? price my items accordingly. Really? Yes. Like, give an example. People may be interested in an item, and then they don't buy it when I tell them what the price is. Oh, so, okay. That way, in my case, I think it's better, or at least for this event, it's better that I just have them a little bit lower still so that I can just move it versus just waiting for the right person for the right price. I mean, I think that's just a normal shift in buying habits now. I don't think haggling is... Um... It's dying off with the younger generation, <laughs> you know? People don't just don't haggle, man. Yeah, I'm just... Okay. I, yeah, I was wondering if this has become, like, a generational or cultural thing. Or it, just... it, is, it is most definitely a generational thing. Uh, I, I, I'm an example of this. Like, I don't usually haggle. Like, in flea markets, I'm more inclined to haggle. I did buy a couple of things, and I did negotiate... But I made sure the negotiation was very reasonable. Uh, one person negotiated with me to buy a couple of items, and his negotiation was very reasonable. He only <laughs> saved $2, so I'm not going to turn down a sale for $2. <laughs> yeah, or as we say in American, 75 cents. <laughs> so that's a lesson that uh, that's a lesson that I took from that. Uh, I had a few people take e-transfer with me. Really? Surprisingly. Yeah, I had, I had three or four people that had to pay me by e-transfer. Okay, that is interesting. That uh, That's interesting. I mean, I I admit I've gone to one or two restaurants with friends in within the last year. And instead of cash or like... If you didn't want to pay cash, they wouldn't accept debit, but they would accept e-transfer, which I thought was really interesting. Your Hold friend? The, oh no, the that's restaurant just like, or your friend? No, that's just your friends, right? Like when you're. Well, no, 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 no. This is the restaurant. The the restaurant accepted e-transfer. What what restaurant accepts e-transfer? This? <laughs> this 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 is a place like like. So some friends and I just went there late. This was like a, yeah, a little over a year ago. Then the, this. I'll tell you about it after the recording. It, it, it was a very odd experience, but maybe, but a whole, it's just that I never came away overly surprised to hear that, to hear that revelation there, that some of this happened via e-transfer. Interesting. But okay. Yeah, no, go ahead. Like, okay. So you did e-transfer. Yeah. I took a few e-transfers. 
Uh, I always feel like I don't do enough of these events to get a square reader. Oh, and, and even then, the cost would be astronomical, right? Uh, well, just more than I would want to pay, given where I'm at right now. But I, yeah, yeah. If we, if you're only doing this, uh, sorry if I cut you off. If you're oh, only okay. doing this like casually, certainly not with any frequency. What's the point? It's more so there's not enough frequency in events that would warrant it for me. But yeah, like it, it's because I sell books, it's more to my advantage to just move books out for the sake of not carrying as much back. So price them out. So so that's why you want to think rethink your the way you price things. Yeah. Yeah. I think I understand it because of the stuff after after um after I do Nomonoichi's the feeling I get uh, trying to carry everything back and back uh walking half a kilometer through <laughs> through the Toronto Congress Center area. <laughs> Although I am happy I did get rid of a couple of more unpopular stuff that I didn't expect sell, so that mm. was good. Uh also Um, my friend who sold with me, he finally got rid of his uh, shitty Sword Art Online duffel bag. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, how many? He, how many attempts? Only has, sold, he only how many attempts things. did your friend make? At least two before this, I think. He, what, what, was this, he only sold was three this, things, um, but one of his this, things was like a ninety dollars item, so that was good. He sold a he sold Xenoblade Chronicles X for the Wii U pretty good yeah no no i mean i mean i have some uh, some sealed playstation 2 xenos uh xenosaga games so oh yeah you're holding on to some gems i've seen i've seen your stash you've seen yeah you've seen yeah i have to, I have to revisit it uh, sometime in the near future to, re, to continue cataloging it that, that seems like a, a a spring type event mike not a the winter. problem is that'll be like just as uh, anime north comes around again yeah right? mike's exactly. not gonna touch it again until like april to be honest knowing oh uh, i but i this is something i have to i i honestly think has to be a year-round thing or at least uh, more frequently than i've done it and yeah it's been six months since i visit since i really looked through it again no so, it's more like it's more like i it's i don't bug you enough to make an event out of this <laughs> Yeah, you're right. You don't. Uh, maybe not, but uh, and because but, I've already, I've always said I'll gladly just come over and and spend a few hours and yeah, it's just done, yeah, yeah, it's just uh, you know uh, how my, my schedule is and how it coordinates with everybody else's schedule these days, which is badly. Well, no, you, 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 you know, you like to you like to rest, which is not your fault. Well, that's you know that's your your right to. Do do what you want to do with your time. So that's that's all there is to it. Yeah. Okay. So were you able to see the rest of of the party or the spooktacular? I did or, walk around for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it's the usual setup of like there's a like there's a board game area slash like tabletop RPG area. There wasn't uh, there was a small stage where. Uh, people could perform like do their own little dance skits or just show off their costumes uh the kobayashi hall is mostly reserved for artist alley 
and there's always like a decent collection of creators there uh showing off their stuff and selling their stuff and it kind of spilled into the main hallway too i noticed i did see some like artists and other creators that were also kind of selling some merch too which was interesting like i saw mm-hmm. someone that was selling their art and also just selling some figures hmm. and i do know for the flea market that there were at least a couple of other people that that were running their side jo- i don't know if this is their side job or their full-time job I'm, i never did clarify with them but these were people that i did notice having booths at cons actually hey it could be their business or just people that i do recognize that will like there's some nominoichi regulars that also came too yeah i started to recognize well i mean their clear communities have sprouted up in every in all the segments of anime north whether it's nomi uh most notably nomi and artist alley or comicat or whatever they call it these days Mm-hmm. there's there's clear communities so and for many of them this is oh and even vendors even the vendor side especially local vendors so there's for, for a lot of them this is becoming their business this is becoming their not necessarily side hustle it could be their main thing indeed and if they're able to do something with it and do something reasonable with it all the power to them they got my they got my my respect in that sense. Okay, a thought. Give me a thought. Mm-hmm. You mentioned okay, you brought more popular items, more I guess quote unquote mainstream items for to the fandom. When you said that, you had me thinking about okay, who frequents these events? This isn't this is a this is a more narrow demographic. I'm thinking, like yeah, you Anime North has its obvious people, but we joked earlier this year at AN that it had become it had increased a little bit or that demographic had widened a lot of the fans of 20 years ago now have families but still come to the show bringing their kids along probably strollers or you have or you have uh, parents who are helping their kids in the nomonoichi we kind of went we kinda, it sounds like we've narrowed back down when you do these events it's narrowed back down to the more younger demographic I feel it skews younger. In terms of race demographics, I thought it was mixed. No, that's, I couldn't that's... tell you definitively what the split is, but seemed mixed enough. There were some families and some older people, but I do think it did have a more dominant younger crowd. So I took that into consideration, to be honest. I didn't that's why I didn't bring most of my expensive rare books i brought some i brought some expensive dvds just in case but mostly i brought just books well well you you played to the crowd i guess but you thought it through you've done you've done the uh, halloween thing a few times now right how many times this is only the second time they've done it well more still more than once well, you know, that's right. Nomonoichi is a the Nomonoichi at this event is a recent development, right? Yeah. Now that you put in those terms. That's because uh one of my one of my friends organizes the flea market for Halloween. So she wanted to do it and then they got she got the okay from it from uh 
from Donald, I'm assuming. Yeah, because it's not the same. Like the main runner of of Nomonoichi lives in Japan most of the time. The Sorry, only time what was that? It's McKenna, right? Chris McKenna. Like he's the main guy behind the Nomi at at, at the at Anime North, but he's not here because he yeah. lives in Japan. Oh yeah, he, he comes back across now to do Nomonoichi and and come back to visit visit friends at Anime North, but he's not here for this. Hmm. So somebody else would have to do this. And that's your friend? I presume? Yeah. yeah. You know who it is. I think I do. Tell me later, okay? Mm-hmm. But uh, I think I have an idea. But uh, let's not go through too many names. Did they, was there uh, like a, like a, when you described the setup, was there like a rave type thing? Or anything that would have resembled something like a rave? No. So it's more just a festival. Yeah, like like there's that little stage thing, but there's no spot for people to dance at, so to speak. Not that I'm aware of, at least. Hmm. I think the JCCC has learned from Atomic Lollipop that they don't want those kinds of events there. Yeah. <laughs> so they, don't, they don't hold dance events as a result. Well, it's... The fact that it happened, that something like this happens at the JCCC, it's, well, I often remember, I always like to use the term kicking and screaming when it comes to, you know, when it comes to the clash between how the Japanese feel about its, about its pop culture's popularity outside of Japan. Remember, you, you, you kind of get that, uh, where I'm going with that. It's. It, it, the the these type of events at the JCCC itself are I wouldn't say recent, but it's just like twenty years ago you wouldn't have thought of these type of events happening there. Yeah, but they have they have in the last decade or so, give or take, and that's a real big shift for them, and. And I think there's a for better or worse thing that uh, you have to say about that. So, uh, so, uh, so when I say use those terms for better or worse, or they're going in through this kicking and screaming, it's it shakes up what they've always known, and maybe it's just sign of the times. Like, kind of, it, 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 in many respects, it's sort of encapsulates a lot of what's happened to Japanese pop culture and how Japan itself has had to react to it. And I do feel that my friend was able to convince Donald that there will always be people who just want to get rid of their stuff. You wonder if there'll be a third, uh, another version of the uh, Anomi that would happen outside of anime North or this or Halloween. And I would have to be reminded what other types of things does Anime North do uh, outside of the convention itself? I okay, so the only things I can think of spectacular, and then doing a block of programming at Japan at Japan Fest Canada. Those are the only two things that come to mind immediately. But I'm wondering yeah, if they don't really do North much thing. else. Like and they'll sponsor the occasional thing, but you're right. That's really it. it. Yeah, it's. Yeah, and once again, we're saying this as uh, as an official podcast of Anime North, but it also speaks to 
just the way the setup is with Anime North too, right? Everybody, all of its segments go off during the year to do its own thing and then touch base with each other once in a while, and it leads up to the convention itself. And then afterwards, we all split apart again, going off doing our own things until the cycle and the circle of life continues. But, yeah. Yeah. It, it's it, it's become an annual rite, so there it is. The, the Anime North Spooktacular. There was anyway. limited food there. Like, there was some food, but not a lot. Oh, it's yeah, just yeah. whatever the JCC happened to be selling. Because they do sometimes sell stuff like ochazuke and... Traditional like, food? They might have some Traditional of sometimes. Yeah, they've always kind of had a little stand to sell stuff. So I guess uh, they elected to work later that day, obviously. But otherwise, you kind of had to just get your own food. Yeah. Well, uh, one other thing that kind of caught my attention, and this is as we ended off... When did uh, when did when when did that part of Winford Drive rename itself Sakura Drive? I feel like this was this year. It, I don't think it changed last year to my to my recollection, but I still feel like last year it was still Garamond Court, but Garamond Court and Win, on Winford, right? So. Yeah, but because Garamond Court is the street itself, actually, mm-hmm. when you uh, t- you basically turn into it from Winford, but. I don't know the exact date, but I feel like it was within the past 12 months. Like inside 12 months. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's the most recent thing that happened. Last week, Halloween. Uh, Halloween at the JCCC presented by Anime North. Okay. That's the one thing. That's one thing we want to talk about. Second thing. And and now 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 we turn to Mo. Esports. Okay, we're in the middle of uh, esports championship season, and now we start to go move a little bit away to the it's from the anime stuff, but it's somewhat related. Enough overlap. Esports. As we are speaking, the semifinals for the League of Legends Worlds have been determined. As we are speaking, the Overwatch World Cup ended at BlizzCon. Last night, as we are speaking, we are one week removed from the Dota 2 Championships. International wrapped up a week ago. As we are speaking, we are more than a month removed from the Overwatch League Finals, which uh, Mo and I attended. And I have to say, that was a good atmosphere, just just for reference. I, I could go on and on about this. And maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I will... Uh, one other time but it it just kept having me it just had me uh thinking about that hey mo you around <laughs> uh yeah no i'm still here i'm still here no no it's okay where do i start with this first of all okay what were your um, like mo came to one day of the overwatch league grand finals when it took place at maple leaf gardens or madame athletic center as it's called now first of all what were your impressions of it mo from uh, it it was it was nice um big a lot of people i mean considering uh i like the i like the stage it was all set up pretty nicely plus i think that venue in and of itself is a very good venue for esport type related uh events uh i think it, it worked really well um 
I don't know. It's it. I I like the enthusiasm of everyone there. It's it was very palpable. It was nice. It was a good atmosphere. I enjoyed it. Uh, it's just I kind of reflect as to where the Overwatch League went, and then it kind of re- like remember its first two grand finals took place at um, in Philadelphia at the Wells Fargo Center in the second year, and then. Bo- in the second year, yeah, and then the first year it was in Brooklyn at uh, at Barclays Center, huge arenas, like fifteen thousand, fifteen twenty thousand could have uh, been there. Yeah, that that always seemed a little much, no? Yeah, it, and it turned out to be. I, I guess in to, it wasn't sustainable. So the last couple of years, the final, the grand finals took place in five in no more than five thousand seat arenas. So at uh, at uh, the Anaheim Convention Center, which uh, in the arena where um, the World Cup actually ended last night, probably no more than 5,000. Madame Athletic Center, same thing, probably no more than 5,000, maybe closer to three. I forgot the exact seating off the top of my head. It's kind of reduced itself, but the uh, but the crowd who came out was so enthusiastic. And there's a, there's a clear traveling crowd. There was a lot of out-of-towners and... Oh yeah, and I I like that. I like I like that there were, because remember the, the the that location or that venue is right next to several hotels. It's right next to a major subway system. There's a streetcar in front of it. It's like it's a really good location. It, it sucks that the Leafs don't play there anymore, but I, I did enjoy that there were a lot of people from out of town. Yeah, and you know had some great conversations with people. Uh, but obviously, when you talk Overwatch, you end up talking about okay especially when it comes to esports and the end of the league. And I think like there was a lot of melancholy moments throughout that weekend. You, you understood that this was the last time, like you understood that changes were coming to the, to the esports system. Overwatch league, as we knew it was probably going to end at, uh, after this. And you got that sense and the casters afterwards, it certainly made that, made it feel that way. Right. But you also came away thinking, okay, there's still something here. Well, they'll have to figure out what. And Overwatch World Cup basically reinforced it. We knew that there there could be something. They just have to figure out some sort of formula, make it work. And that's that's just the takeaway I got uh, coming away from it. Todd had some really fun conversations. Never felt out of place there. And you know, I, I don't play these uh, the too many too much in the way of video games these days mo but when i mentioned to enough people and you felt comfortable talking to them when you mentioned to people you never played the game you just appreciated watching it you appreciated the competition they they did not they did not you were never dismissed i never felt unwelcome there because it's, i never played Overwatch. It's, it's honestly a very welcoming crowd of people with a lot of people with signs and costumes and you know different things and it was just it was very nice everyone was super friendly that's cool random people talking around random people yeah. there's no like hater animosity i guess i mean even if your team lost it was still like the general vibe was pretty good it was great it was great there's no like it's not like uh i don't know like like there's no rivalry or hatred towards your team losing kind of situation everyone was just happy to like be there and talk to people. yeah i mean the, the, the rivalries were pretty civil to say I guess that's the best way to put it. That's interesting because yeah, no, it was fun. It was interesting. You expect one a conversation I had with a fan. Rivalry, but 
you never came away just thinking of it what there was. So maybe it's because this is a very new type of competition to watch in comparison sure. to traditional sports. And I think the community generally just likes to see entertaining gameplay. Yeah, but I wonder if this is... Yeah, I mean, but having said all of that, Kevin, I wonder, and maybe Mo can can enlighten me on this one. Does that feeling exist in other esports? Does that does that feeling exist in other games? Does it exist in League of Legends? Does it exist in Valorant, Call of Duty, especially Call of Duty, CS:GO? Do you have that feeling? It's a tough question to answer, Mike. I mean, I want to believe that yes, that it, every one of these esports leagues has a fan base that is accepting and welcoming and just as happy that their sport is you know on this level with all these people but uh you know that's not the case of human human nature people are not yeah, the best. <laughs> I, I get the feeling what we see in overwatch isn't isn't the norm oh I, I, agree. I agree overwatch like it, that's what made it so cool i mean as i said i t- i would have a conversation with a with a, fa- a player i would mention i just appreciate i just approach it from a traditional sports standpoint and just appreciate the the competition and the fun and they just said to me you're the type of people we're like i think most uh you would be looking for anybody who just respects what we do anybody who just respects respects it just casually they're the type like that's why i felt so welcome there so uh, it was just uh, i i can't say i really too much bad about it i mean uh, you you could have conversations with the casters and i think the the fan community for for Overwatch esports are prob- hold a lot more emotional attachment to the casters than I think in other esports. I'm I'm coming away thinking that probably because they tell the stories of its players and a lot of its players, a lot of the main players don't speak English all that well, so their stories have to be told to a lot of English speaking, a lot of its English speaking audience through. It's casters. Yeah, they're they're what ninety percent some kind of Asian, right? Yeah, and the, and a lot of the and a lot of the story at the time uh, during that weekend was Korea and China, how the the types of play styles there, and that actually ended up being a big story within the Overwatch World Cup as well last night. So there was this lament. So a lot of the stories were told through, you know, through um, English casters who speak, spoke Korean. And I think that's why there's a lot more attachment to the uh, to the casters in this game in, when it comes to Overwatch than a lot of other esports. Although I, I get the feeling, that, well, I mean, Ti has a, has its own thing too. But that's uh, that's just uh, something that uh, popped out to me. And. And I think we after after with with Overwatch World Cup. Okay, and with Overwatch World Cup, it's I think we we kind of got a got a glimpse as to where the future of Overwatch esports will be. So we, we we're surmising, yeah, okay, the league as we know it is done, but 
you know, obviously there's an ecosystem still to, to work with. And, you know, agree or disagree, Mo. Um, maybe we'll, it'll go much the way of where other esports have gone, probably with some sort of regional system, and then we'll bring it all together. The contender system, the tier two contender system that uh, exists with an Overwatch League, I think we'll probably have a big say as to what happens next. And it's worth noting who won last night, who won the World Cup last night. It wasn't China. It wasn't no, Korea. No, it was not. And it was not Korea either. No. It was the, uh, it the, the kingdom. USA. It was the kingdom. <laughs> Saudi Arabia won it all. And that's, aside from Sir Majed, who played for the, cha- for the Overwatch League champions, the uh, Florida Mayhem, that team is comprised mainly of a contenders group. What do you mean by that? They they play in the tier two system. When you look at the the esports pyramid in Overwatch League, there's there's think of the think of um, the Overwatch League as the Premier League as the top of the pyramid. But then there's a bunch of little um, what they call the contenders system. So a bunch of regional competitions that comprise of the tier of the second tier. And Saudi Arabia is mainly compo- comprised of of tier two players, of contenders players. And and for reference, the bronze medal match went to, uh, was between Finland and Korea. Finland won that in five maps as well. And most of its players are also contenders players. And they beat Aww. a bunch of watch league pros. They beat a, an all-star, essentially a Korean all-star team from, the, from tier one, from Overwatch League. So this may uh, give you a hint as to what could happen in the future. Yeah, as the as um, Activision Blizzard, and then uh, rethinks its uh, esports, uh, its full esports division. So, just something to think about later on. And I know we're talking more about the Overwatch stuff because that's the thing uh, we become more familiar with, at least on this on this show. But just something to uh, think about later on. And. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens as a championship uh, season in esports uh, continues. But um, I know, I know, Mo and I will probably uh, watch watch League of Legend, the League of Legends worlds, with some some uh, interest as uh, that uh, windles down and finishes up in the middle of the month. And yo, fingers crossed for T one, man. Yeah, T one's in the final eight, uh, final four again. Look. One other thing that also came to mind, when League of Legends finishes up, it'll finish up a, like a one-day spectacular. Like the semifinals happen next week. Yep, Saturday, Sunday, and then on Saturday, the... Saturday, Sunday, and then the... 17th or something? For the yeah, and then the final itself is a one-day spectacular in a, in a big arena. This LOL seems a little bit more of an exception. They'll hold, like... And Overwatch League tried to hold its finals in, like, in a one-day spectacular fashion, but then... It kind of pulled back a little bit, and it's a lot like uh, the finals of other esports now. Maybe a week or a weekend spectacular, right? TI was a one-week spectacular, um, and it still sort of is. So we're over uh, Overwatch League. Have, they held their their drawn-out playoffs, but then the finals itself become like a big weekend or weekend festival, and TI. Used to be a whole like the whole thing used to be a one week thing, but it became a weekend thing last year, and was the case this year. Old multiple matches in one arena, but 
League of Legends. It's it's the granddaddy, but it holds like its final match, its finals in one venue, just one match, really, right? And it's probably the biggest. It's probably the single biggest event to happen for esports when it happens. That final, one day. So, I, I guess when you're the biggest of them all, um, you can you can do it whichever way you want, right? But uh, it should be uh, it should be uh, I, as I said uh, something off the form my thoughts a little bit better. But I know I want to talk about that a little bit more after LOL ends. Okay, so that's the most recent. That's the second most recent thing I want to talk about. But the last thing is probably also is probably been a story that's been going for much of the year, and it's probably the most serious one. Um, Mo, uh, Mo, I know you just. I I, I saw your note. Uh, you're gonna stick. Or, uh, you have to go in a bit, right? In a bit, but we can we can we can touch on this last point. Uh, just a little bit, right? You can you can get in on this conversation. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, this is and it's one of those uncomfortable conversations we have to have, I guess. Johnny Associates. There's been some movement in that story over the last couple of weeks, but it's a story that's really that's really been out there over the last oh much of the year, I guess. When BBC did that uh, expose, well. But in many respects, we've known about this story for a long, long time. Long, uh, even before that documentary, the whole like the fallout in the years since Johnny Kitagawa died, and how like okay, let, let's let's uh, let's uh, let's go back just a little bit and just to give a primer about Johnny's associates and Johnny Kitagawa. Basically, basically, if you are into um, J-pop groups like Arashi, like Esmap, like Tokyo. Going further back, give me, give me, a, give me groups that uh, Kevin. Give me groups that people probably would recognize. J-pop boy bands that, like any of the major J-pop boy bands you hear about, chances are they're associated with Johnny Associates, with Johnny Kitagawa in some form. That's the likely scenario. Kingmaker in many ways. But how do you talk about this guy now? Because that's because in the years since his death, he he passed away in twenty in twenty nineteen. Since his uh, passing, we've shone a light a little bit yet again on some on some very, very, very inappropriate behavior and that's probably understating it yeah i'd say it's a bit of an understatement yeah it's a bit of an understatement because um in the recent years uh we've uh we've been reminded about about his uh about sexual misconduct and sexual assault sexual assault um allegations against uh kitagawa and he fought them when the first time they surfaced uh back in 1999 and and while um, while uh, while a libel suit all the, he filed against uh, the original allegations was ultimately was ultimately dismissed on appeal, he was able to still keep going. And this, and after he died, you know, they resurfaced 
and they never really got anywhere until a BBC documentary in March shown a shown a very uncomfortable light on it. And the fallout has been spectacular, I have to say. Thank you. I mean, thank you to the Jeff, BBC you know the for finally addressing that sick fuck of a man who did heinous things to his talents over the course of decades. God's sakes. I got, I watched that documentary last night for the first time. I knew it had been there. We, we I want to watch it before we had this convert. We talked about it because there's been like, as I said, a couple of, um, a couple of follow-ups in the last month or so that are probably uh, of note. And I got angry watching that. I have to say, I have to, I, I mean, you watched it almost at the time, right, Kevin? And I watched it not too long after it came out. Yeah. And so like in the spring and I or watched not too it- long after it got translated to English or not. Okay. I shouldn't say translated to English because the the BBC video itself was in English, but then I don't think all of the voice, all of the Japanese people were subtitled. I don't think I could be just misremembering, but uh, I know that there were issues having it being put up. They were having trouble airing it in Japan because uh, I might have some of my facts incorrect here, but. I think it was the BBC division in Japan, or it may have been just other networks were just hesitant to air it because they didn't want to jeopardize their existing relationships with Johnny's and associates. And dude, that's, that's, that's the, that's the main point of this story. And that is because even now, assumingly even now, the relationships these networks have for some of the most popular talents is something they don't want to jeopardize because they bring in ratings, they bring in viewers. So they don't want to mess with those relationships unless it became that unbearable that they had to. I, I believe Mike, you have a saying for this. Yeah, you are good business until you're not. Oh, no, no. The other one. Um, Biting the hand that feeds you? Nope, the other one. <laughs> I'm trying to remember now. What I have it? a bunch of cliches. Oh, uh, cash rules, money, money, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Cash rules everything around me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, I, God. I, yeah, we cannot. And I joke around about that. but and And I say it as a gag. This one... Like when when we use it in these terms, uh, you know, cash rules everything around me. Get the money, dollar dollar bill, y'all. That's the phrase, right? The, couldn't the, wait the to say that, huh? You couldn't wait to say that, and when Muhammad prompted you, oh, well, thank you for reminding me, Mo. I mean, you can add the sound effect. We probably won't, but you could. Yeah, but you know, we never do in the uh, when we do the space here chats. I know, I know, I know. It's just, but the but this is like this is the serious version of that, right? And when I when I make when I make the line, I say it as a as a gag. But when but this time around here, 
we say this, and this is dead serious when we say it. Because well, when we say, when we talk to somebody like Johnny Kitagawa, it's kingmaker. We really mean it. And he can crush you. That's what, like, like this is like the hesitancy why nobody, uh, uh, as to why people really did not want to speak up because of the type of power he had. And maybe presumably still has, uh, like, as a group, although that's changed. But you would also think there are segments, and this is everywhere, but here in Japan, when, we're talk- when we talk in Japan, you got to think somebody holds that type of power and is abusing it still. There's no doubt that that exists somewhere still in some form. Now, as it relates to to Kitagawa, yeah, if you got on his wrong side, he could shut you out, not make any himself or any of his uh, his boy bands, who, you know, everything a lot like not make any of his people available to you, and that could crush your ratings, crush any of your any of your programming, right? And as I alluded to in a past episode when that man was brought up, you could you can trace back some of the people and acts today who were formerly a part of the Johnny system, but maybe they left early or maybe they were there for a while and left and you, we may truly never know, but you cannot help but wonder if that was why they left now. And there are some, there are at least a few very popular uh, performers that were indeed part of that system early on in their careers, but they bailed early. And now we are in, when you hear all these revelations, you can all. You can't help but start thinking and wondering and quote unquote putting two and two together. Yep. That's what's what angers me about watching this. And the fallout has been spectacular, as I said. It's or already can't help but wonder like anybody who made it through the system, chances are they were affected by it because they 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 decided to make it through and decide to do what they wanted to do at all costs yeah so that's it and i mean fair enough to them they just felt okay i this this is what i had to do to be successful it's uh and, and- it's it's odd seeing something like this play out in the day and age of today, I guess. Like, it seems like we've moved past this. Like, this should no longer be a thing. But since it is Japan and they do follow a different um, corporate structure, I guess. <laughs> or yeah, well, social culture. 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 You don't want to walk, rock the boat there. Definitely not. The, 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 I mean, the it gets hammered down. I get it. I get it. In many respects, that's sort of a line from the uh from the from the narrator of the bbc documentary from the guy from the from the reporter 
from that documentary whose name escapes me right now, but you got to see this. And, and further to the point, the version that I saw last night, it was, uh, it was BBC's Japanese channel. So yeah, that while the English, well, English figured prominently in, in the documentary, it was shown with Japanese subtitles. And so when they talked to Japanese speaking subjects, there wasn't an English translation. I had to dig around a little bit more to find that. There is, if you look hard enough and Google it hard enough, you will find a version of the documentary with full English subtitles. Yeah, that was the thing that I was I was remembering correctly then in that case. Mm-hmm. But it exists, and then I, I I'll take another look so I can get more specific about what a lot of these uh what what a lot of the victims said. And a lot of what the uh, lawyer, a lot of the Japanese lawyers who spoke with a lot of those victims said. But as I said, you'll come away pretty pissed off. And as and when you talk about the fallout in recent and much of the and much of the developments are fairly recent. There are a lot of recent developments. Yes, a formal apology was issued by uh, Keiko. What's her? Uh, what's her name? What's her name again? Because this is Johnny Kitagawa's niece took over the company, right? Johnny Kitagawa's niece, uh, Julie Keiko Fujishima, took over the company upon his uh, passing. And then she had to issue a formal apology, like in a news conference in, I think, September. That or was it October? That's the most awkward looking photo. Her standing there next to him in the black suit. Yeah. That is that is wild. It, it reminds me of like... um. Shit, it's a cliche, uh, the good wife type situation. You yeah. know, when you're like, when you're caught as a politician. No, that isn't. Yeah, that's okay. So the the photo that you're referring to, it's it's on the it's uh, it's from the conversation website, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, that's um okay. That's uh, Julie Kitagawa, and then his uh, her successor because she stepped down as the president of Johnny's Associates, and then and then Noriyuki Higashiyama took over the company, and then almost right imme- almost immediately was inundated with accusations of his own. I just I just love and when the replacement of something or someone for being bad has the same issue. It's like, come on guys. Yeah, a little, he, a he, was, he was a talent. He was one of the talents. He was a junior, as they say. One of the people in the system, in the Johnny system. And then there's allegations against him. And that and it culminated in the last couple of weeks when it was announced that he'll have nothing to do with what happens going forward either. Johnny's Associates has now been, uh, has effectively been split into two companies. Smile Up is uh, really the first part of it, and that's going to handle the, um, the fallout. So anything, any, any um, compensation that'll be given to the victims, you know, and, and since the documentary came out, Many victims have stepped. Many more victims have stepped forward to tell their story. It's become too much. Investigations, pro investigations have been um, ordered. Got even got to even got to the to the UN who spoke. And, that, and it culminated with that apology in early September, and the splitting of the of the two companies. Smile Up will essentially handle the fallout and any um, any compensation to be given to the victims. They'll handle that, and then a second company will be formed, and that'll handle basically the current. 
the current people into the Johnny's in what's the Johnny system now, but they're hurting. Those guys, those talents are hurting because a lot of companies now, and once again, coming back to one of my cliches, you're good business until you're not. Well, a lot of companies have uh, disassociated themselves from the Johnny system and want, and have taken off a lot of their talents. Won't uh, do any, um, won't do any agreements, any contracts with uh, anybody associated with with what used to be Johnny's. And many um, victims have said this isn't necessarily the way to go either, because these are because there are people who are legitimately ta- chasing dreams. Why should the fallout be taken out on them? But once again, it comes down to the idea, you are good business until you're not good business. And for a lot of companies that are, that are disassociating themselves, it's not good business right now to have them on. NHK. NHK was silent about a lot of this for, many of the, for a lot of time. For, like they didn't cover this until recently. They had plenty of chances to to cover the allegations as it, as they were as they came out over the decades, and a lot of people are criticizing them, and they've had to release their statement, saying basically they did not know the proper way to cover it at the time, but things have changed. I don't I don't believe that. Or I don't believe them for saying that. Yeah, they covered it all right. <laughs> well, they got no, they because they had to. Because they were because they were just as they were they were complicit in many ways by with their silence. Right? 100%. Although, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Although uh you now begin to wonder, and I think this comes up in some of the articles. Johnny's Associates boy bands do figure prominently in the Kohaku Utagasen at the uh, during the New Year. You wonder if how much of a how much of that uh, how much of the lineup will change now, and and I'll, I'll I'll go even one step further and say you you wonder if um, the show will be uh, not as long during the New Year because it's like a four hour spectacular. It, yeah, there's it, plenty of musical acts in Japan. They can find people. Yeah, but you know, I, 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 they won't be they won't be boy bands. I think from Johnny's. This is just oh, what a mess. What a mess. I mean, you see this all the way around. You see this in a bunch of other walks of life, right? I mean, I, I got into a conversation with my sister last night as we were watching a hockey game because. We talked about okay. Uh, we talked about um, punishment, proper punishments fitting the crime, right? The Ottawa Senators got docked a, a first round draft pick this year for just some bad paperwork during a trade. They got docked a, a first round draft pick, but I, I say this in the same breath. The Chicago Blackhawks, who got implicated in a in a sexual sexual abuse scandal that dates a, at least a decade and goes all the way to the top. Yeah, people lost their jobs. Yeah, people at the top of the 
of of the Chicago Blackhawks lost their jobs. But what was the uh, fine? What was the um, punishment for their um, for doing not essentially nothing? Just a couple million dollars. They got to keep their draft picks, and one of those draft picks turned out to be the number one pick in this year's draft, and they were able to draft. Connor Bedard, who is set to be the next one. The next Sydney, the next Wayne. Yep. The next Eric. Yep. Well, uh, Eric Lindros, who knows? Uh, we can we're, we can have that debate as to his legacy. Well, Eric was at the time projected to be that kind of superstar. And he was, and he was just wasn't as long as any yeah, that the I others. mentioned. But the thing is, the thing is, that's part... Doesn't that that if that doesn't get you angry? I don't know. Like, so in many many respects, the beat goes on. Sometimes you're not punished fully. Sometimes you do get away with it. And that 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 really has me wondering: are are the punishments really fitting, hitting the right people? Uh, clearly, they're not hitting the right people. <laughs> like, well, I mean, coming back to the whole Johnny's thing, it didn't hit the right people. No, no, I, no, no. The, 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 I mean, I, I, we can debate whether or not it's hitting the right people, right? Johnny, Johnny Kitagawa is dead, but his, but like his victims, a lot of his victims are hesitant to still throw, really throw him under the bus. Which that, is, that's what came which, out in that documentary. Which is so odd because it's like at this point you're not the first victim, right? Like, no. The- and like, what have you got to earn? Like, what have you got to lose? You're not really in the system. You're out of the out of the game. You're not in the industry anymore. Personal shame amongst your peers, your family, yeah, your true. friends. That's like no one. This- no, I especially in Japanese society, not a lot of people would want to admit that yes Johnny Kitagawa diddled me when I was 12 years old because I wanted to be a model or he wanted me to take orifice while he spanks me or any like derogatory disgusting thing he did because he did a lot of them and that's any, and that's just a lot of people in general. That's not just Japan. Yeah, and it's not just Japan. And I just put a, I just put a, uh, I just gave you an example that's closer to home. Do you want to go through the details of the of what happened in the with the Chicago Blackhawks all those years ago? Mm-hmm. Like we don't have to. You can look it up. You can Google it. It wasn't that long ago, actually. No, it wasn't that long ago in comparison. Pretty, but it gets you pretty pissed off when you hear it, when you read it. Covering basically covering up the actions of a of a of a minor coach over the what he did to what he did to a minor league player who didn't really get anywhere. All they got was a slap on the wrist, and that second chance gets them a generational player, a second chance uh, uh, something that they probably did not deserve. Prove me wrong on that one, too. We can have that debate. Were they first on the lottery that year, Chicago? As in, like... This year's lottery. I don't, I don't know if they were dead last that year. 
they 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 were they were pretty brutal. Yeah, they were almost last. Because it's it not always the because it's because I think because obviously um if you're last you have the best chance in the lottery, but then it's not guaranteed, guaranteed still. But you have the best odds, and then the odds think, scale down. So that's yeah, just the but, that's just well, so far as we know, that's just the cruel fate of whoever was last, which is probably Columbus or Anaheim, perhaps. But oh no, it was yeah, that's right. Anaheim was I think got second pick, and they they almost like almost twenty years ago with uh, with Sidney Crosby, they were number two in that year as well, and I think they almost got they almost got the first pick again. You feel bad for them. Oh, bad for Columbus. I think it was Columbus. I don't remember though. Yeah, but there you go. But yeah, the pick ended up with Chicago, and frankly, yeah. But frankly, that's a pick they should never have had. When you look at it now, I'm inclined to agree. As I said, prove me wrong, or try and debate me on that. Oh, this one you can at me if you want. But the, but you, uh, and thinking about it, and then it was I guess in the back of my mind as I watched the the Johnny's documentary, and I just got more angrier and angrier as I watched it, and that's without the sub, that's without the full English translation. I have a chance to watch, rewatch it now with an English translation, but I need to calm down first before I do. I think that's a good that's a good place to end it, Mike. Don't you, don't you agree? <laughs> Yeah, I think so. But um, there is a. But uh, I think there's a little. There's more to that story. We'll talk about that. There, there was one other thing I know we want to talk about, but we won't get around to today, and that's um, the fallout from arguably the biggest K-pop song of the year. People may know. Uh, people might know Cupid, uh, the song Cupid, and might be aware of the group Fifty Fifty, but. If you dig a little deeper, you probably know a little bit about the drama that surrounds 5050 as well, the group. And I know Kevin, Kevin, I Kevin, I just told about this last night. He so wasn't weird. Yeah, he wasn't totally aware of it until I told him about it. He knows the song. You know the song, right? I actually don't know the song. <laughs> well, you know Super Shy. But you know Yeah, Super I I I've heard New Jeans enough, yes. Yeah. But but arguably, like I think the biggest K-pop song of the year in 2023, it's a toss-up between Super Shy and Cupid. I think at this point, it's a toss-up between those two songs. Okay, maybe it's Super Shy. But Cupid, Cupid's getting the rounds. Yeah, I mean, you know you've made it when you hear, when you hear that, hear it on the pl- being played where I work anyway. I know. I think you've made it if you if you're able to get play uh, in a non-traditional place, and when you hear it being played at a in a public place like a casino or a shopping mall, then you've made. Then you're somewhere. You're more than just niche at that at that point in time. And I've heard and I hear the English version of Cupid being played at played at work quite often, probably two three times a day. So I think you're somewhere. And then Super Shy is played at the same time as well. We got to talk about that because that's a weird one. And it, it had me reflecting a little bit on, you know, when, when, when we have that conversation again, we have to also talk, we can't talk a little bit about, you know, the differences with K-pop, J-pop, Korea and Japan when it comes to their pop culture industries 
in their enter- entertainment industries. But you're right. We should save that for another time because I this uh, I didn't want this uh, chat to go too long, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, you know, if, if we got between an hour, hour and a half, that would have been good enough. And that's where we are on this. But yeah, we'll... I know, Kevin, we can talk... You want to chat that about that again later in the week, right? Maybe if we're I don't real. Mind. I just kind of have to wrap my head around it because it seems pretty convoluted. Yeah, I, I, I'm still trying to fully understand it, but there's still some parts that I want to try and understand too. I just know it's bottom line right now, and it's not pretty. And considering Fifty mm-hmm. Fifty would have had, I think, has a song in the Barbie in the Barbie movie soundtrack. Let's have this conversation later on in the week. Oh, interesting. And then, you know, and Mo and I will have another, probably another esports related conversation after uh, after World's End. And then Amy and James. Well, we have to get back to anime eventually. I mean, you know. Eventually. Because <laughs> that's the name of the show, right? I know stuff has happened within the anime sphere, especially in the voices. We could we could possibly talk about how I have started to jump into the VTuber hole. Yeah, we'll 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 pull you we'll pull you out of there for a couple minutes before you drop your back in, okay? No, I don't need to be dropped back in. You'll just dive in yourself? No, it's more like I, I'm just it's more like I'm treading water right now. Like I just, I'm trying to, uh, I'm starting to kind of trying to figure out what it's all about in a way. And uh, it's pretty interesting. So I've been kind of just, I don't want to say being critical, but I've just been kind of like been following some streams here and there, kind of seeing what makes some of these people popular and what, and like the tactics they use to kind of drum up like engagement and oh boy that kind of stuff i'd be curious i mean i mean only within the past couple of years do i watch the odd thing on twitch and the only thing i would watch a lot of is maybe esports competitions but then i've i myself have watched the odd streamer for a little bit a couple of streamers, but they're related to what I've to the some of the esports stuff I watch, or quite frankly, other stuff I've watched in the past. I've watched some. I'm starting to watch some live real people too, so to speak. I, uh, I have been poking into Kaho's stream sometimes. I've been poking yeah. I, into she she's been Connor's doing stream yeah, and she's sometimes. been doing a lot more IRL type stuff. Uh, been poking into uh, Premier Two stream sometimes as well. Mm-hmm. So we should talk about you know just keeping up with this stuff and maybe trying to wrap our heads around it at the age we're at now. Mm-hmm. But let's save that for another conversation and hopefully maybe uh, within the month, fingers crossed, hopefully we can get another regular episode in before the month ends, but uh, let's see. Uh, let's see how all of our schedules uh, work out. Okay. Mm-hmm. But um, thanks for making the time for coffee this morning though. <laughs> virtual coffee this morning. Anime roundtable at gmail.com is our email address. Uh, anime roundtable.com. You can see the archives of whatever we've already put up. We're on X or Twitter or whatever you want to call it. Instagram. Let's not call it X, please. Okay. Twitter, Instagram, uh, t- TikTok at anime roundtable. Yeah, we have a YouTube presence, technically. We have a Twitch presence, technically. 
We'll try and make use of them. Hopefully. And let's leave it at that. Jeez, I got some other stuff I want to watch tonight. So uh, maybe I'll uh, go back, uh, go back and check that out, and I'll get back to you later in the week. Thanks for the conversation, guys. You're welcome.